Hi, I'm Rob Vilnev, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. As a leader, engaging your employees is all about listening. Set up tools for employees to safely and anonymously give feedback without repercussion. When you build a culture of listening, you can easily tune into negatives, take action, and turn them into positives. By doing this, you'll find that the disengaged employees you've maybe lost hope in can quickly become your strongest positive influencers. The takeaway here, your employees will tell you everything you need to do to improve your culture, so make listening a priority. Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. Is your startup financially fit? Join 10,000 entrepreneurs across Canada building financial foundations with Intuit QuickBooks. Attend a Startup Foundations workshop online or in a startup community near you and receive a free one-year subscription to QuickBooks Online. Visit www.startupcan.ca forward slash finance today to register. You need to be available when a customer needs to reach you. Business depends on it. Rogers Unison provides the powerful features of a traditional desk phone in a simplified and truly mobile solution. No apps to download and launch. No mobile data usage charges for phone calls. No need to pay for unused landlines or desk phones. And the ability to route incoming calls to whoever's available. No more missed calls. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash unison. Get paid faster. Create and send professional email invoices in minutes with PayPal. Join over 250,000 Canadian businesses using PayPal to accept payments. Get started today at www.paypal.ca forward slash small business. Storytelling, the journey of real change makers and discovering their impact on the world we live in. And now, broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, Rivers Corbett. Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across the country. With day in the life stories and in their shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale up companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program don't forget to visit the itunes store to subscribe and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join startup canada to access training resources and a peer network to grow your success i am your host rivers corbett founder and ceo of coaching by rockstars ever thought about a career as a business coach coaching by rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch visit 
coachingbyrockstars.com for more information. Look, we're just thrilled to have as our guests today, Chris Kowaleski and Rob Herkel. They're co-founders of Showstopper Gear for Hockey Goalies and Fulton Inbound Marketing, which is a Toronto-based digital marketing agency that utilizes the inbound marketing methodology. On today's show, the guys are going to share their advice for entrepreneurs and everything from building brands, marketing, and attracting customers to your business. And between the two of them, they've got more than 10 years of experience building brands. Chris's experience creating campaigns in the world of sport and event marketing for companies such as Landmark Sport Group. And also, Chris is inbound marketing certified and is passionate about businesses' social, ethical, environmental responsibilities. Rob is a marketer turned web developer who grew up playing hockey at the goalie position where he identified, which he identified was highly underserved in the apparel industry. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah it's great to have you. And um, so, look, let's just kind of get into it. Chris, you've uh, you've said this quote, there is no B2B, no B2C, only P2P, which is people to people. Can you kind of expand on that? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I think just in, in the world of marketing and probably in a number of other industries, but particularly uh, in, in our world here, uh, things have become so highly technical. There's always all kinds of strategy and tactic you can deploy when, you, when you're trying to get a consumer to do what, you, what, you, what it is you want them to do, which is often to buy a product. Um, but what it comes down to, and, and we see this again and again, every time, uh, whether it's a marketing platform, such as any particular social media app or uh, something like Google uh, changing their algorithm. Every time something changes, um, it always ends up being in the interest of the consumer. And so at the end of the day, no matter what types of uh, shortcuts or marketing tricks you're trying to play in the business world, you're going to have to come down to the one common denominator, and that's just human relations. Uh, at, the, at the end of the day, you, you're talking to people. You are a person. And whether you're representing a big corporation or even if you're doing sales, you know, to another large corporation, at the end of the day, it's just people. It's, right it's humans talking to humans. And to bring like a genuine sort of communication strategy into play is, is always going to serve you better than any type of tactic. Yeah, I love it. You know, I always say one of my favorite sayings is is that business is a dating game. That's all it is, one to one, about creating that special relationship. And particularly if we can keep keep it focused on the honeymoon stage all the time, then that's when you really have a a winning formula. So I love that P to P, and I'm going to use it definitely. And look, when you when you guys started, and, and if you don't mind, with when because uh, you're uh, you're not in Fredericton where where I am, and I'm not in Ontario where you guys are. So I'm just going to let you guys figure out who wants to answer what question uh, or and if you both want to answer the question uh, the same question too that's fine with me so does that work for you guys totally yeah awesome okay cool so when you guys started uh, Fulton inbound marketing what was the what was the problem that you guys were trying to solve uh, well I, actually we we identified some some white space we felt uh, so there was an opportunity certainly in, in the Toronto market at the time when we launched uh, where uh, content marketing as a as a niche sort of boutique service wasn't really being offered um, by any of the big players, uh, and particularly using the inbound approach, we thought was a big opportunity because it really leans heavily on that P two P that we that we were just discussing, mm-hmm. where uh, it's an approach where you take the time to identify 
customers to a near individual level. Um, you, you know, you create sort of these these little these bios of, of chunks of customers, and you do need to make some generalizations because it is impractical to have every Steve and Dave you know uh, <laughs> chronicled in your in your data. Right but, on. But that approach was something that we felt the businesses in Toronto could really benefit from, particularly as the city's growing and uh, really starting to carve out its space on the world map. And uh, the smaller businesses that are getting a lot of support because of organizations like Startup Canada and Startup Toronto um, right. on a more local level, uh, that's something that they really needed as part of you know their beginning uh, building blocks in, in developing successful businesses that's going to grow in the long game. Very cool. Very cool. Well, let's talk about this, this, this startup process since you've uh, referenced uh, Startup Canada and Startup Toronto. What was what was the startup process like for uh, for Fulton when you got started? Can you take us through that, you know, that first six months, particularly where because it sounds like it was, you know, you've got a pretty new, unique approach to marketing that others weren't doing. Uh, well, it's a learning process and it's a grind. And, you know, you, we've listened to, um, you know, your podcast and a couple other things and you can uh, absorb as much content in different perspectives as you want. But until you're in it, uh, you really don't fully understand mm. what people are saying. And so we, we've heard stories that, oh, it's 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 grueling and it's not for everybody. And uh, I think the glitz and the glamour of being an entrepreneur is what's generally communicated in the mainstream and I guess in the media at large. Mm-hmm. But it's it's that's not what it's like <laughs> you know this first six months like you're eating noodles because you know you're you're cutting back on your uh, on on pretty much every area of your personal budget just to fund the little expenses that come up along the way as lean as you're trying to make your business expenses are going to come up that you're going to need to cover and that's going to come out of your own pocket right whereas when you're representing right. a corporation and you're working somewhere in-house even if you're um entrepreneurial or you have entrepreneurial tendencies as some people put it uh, there's always somebody's somebody else's budget you're leaning on and so until you know what it's really like to bootstrap um you haven't been an entrepreneur and uh, i think in, in a lot of cases people will get uh there are co-founders and founders will get vc money and so that uh, shoulders the load a little bit for you but the pressure's still all on you there's no uh there's no boss or uh, anybody else that's going to be the scapegoat in the, you know in this game yeah, love it. Yeah, it's so so true, and it's uh, that 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 glamorized look. They always say uh, that the the, uh, the overnight success success took twenty five years to get to that overnight success. So uh, I love that you're, you love your honesty and the, and the rawness of what you just said. It's it's so true. But on the other side, would you ever change that uh, first six months? Absolutely not. Actually, something that I did. Um, uh, during those first six months was when Rob and I, we were having some really tough times and you know, we're writing the highs and lows. So during some of the lows, uh, what I would do is I would just start applying to jobs based on the, my skill sets uh, from, from my previous uh, office like corporate experience. Right on. And, and so I'd secure an interview and so I'd sometimes get through one, two steps, uh, sorry, stages of the interview process before being just completely consumed by feelings of just disappointment in myself. And <laughs> I, I ended up back at it, I have to politely back out. And l- looking back, I almost feel bad because I, I, I wasted some people's time, to be honest. But 
Uh, it just it, it really, really reaffirmed to me that this is what I need to be doing. There's nothing else. I know deep in my gut I can't be doing anything else. So I'm grateful uh, of, uh, to know that for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's so cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. So uh, tell us about inbound marketing. I mean, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but, uh, you know, for the layperson, your, your grandmother, uh, you know, how would you describe inbound marketing to, uh, to her and how does it relate to, you know, how, how does it compare, if at all, to other traditional marketing methodologies? Uh, so inbound basically is about getting people to come to you rather than going after people and being aggressive and shoving ads in their face. It's about more of a loving approach. Uh, so it's about writing good, genuine content, uh, about posting uh, interesting things on social media that will people will curate and share. Uh, getting feedback from your customers about what you can do better, whether it's for your product or service, and incorporating that into your product and in, into your marketing and, and your message. Mm, love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So can you give us an example of a client of yours that uh, that you feel comfortable talking about and maybe some of the, one of the strategies that you, that you used that was successful for them? Um, yeah. So we did, a, we did a small project for um, actually a landscaper. Uh, he had a, a company that he was growing out in the Oshawa area here in Ontario. And so uh, we, he, he wanted to get a little bit more business. And so I think at first glance, he was really leaning towards uh, using traditional advertising and uh, putting a little bit of money into that. And so eventually what we did was we convinced him that um, a, a website that was a little bit refreshed that, you know, adhered to some of the things that Google looks for in terms of uh, just search engine, search engine optimization um, and then incorporating a blog uh, would be very effective for him. And uh, I think the while the primary effects of Imba marketing are certainly generating leads, you know, uh, in kind of within the short term of a piece of content going live and the distribution of that content, and when you especially when you backlinks that point back to your website, uh, sort of the um, side effect of that is that it also does help your on-page SEO. And so you'll be mm. showing up a higher on Google when people are searching for services. And if you have an offer of those services, that's obviously a big plus for you, right? When right uh, someone's looking for the answer to a problem and they find you, um, that's how you're gonna generate business. And it, it also um, adds a layer of legitimacy as well. And so we uh, ended up kind of selling them on it and deployed uh, some very basic on-page SEO and, and put all of that together um, in just a short couple of days, I think. It was a pretty quick execution on this project. And uh, we ended up launching him from, I think it was the 10th page for, uh, for some of his keywords, which were fairly niche uh, uh, to his uh, demographic and, and service offerings, uh, right. right onto page one. Nice. Yeah. And, and uh, so there's obviously, a, that, that's not going to be every time that you try to deploy some, you know. Well, it, it, you created that expectation now when people are going to call you, they're going to say, wait a minute, you did it for the landscaping guy. Exactly. And while it was a short project to execute, uh, the result of that actually, uh, you don't see for um, several weeks, sometimes months. And that's just because of the way that Google operates. Sure. Yeah. And so sure. they don't fresh every single day, uh, you know. Think yeah. of the trillions of websites that they're crawling on a regular basis. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah so that, that's something that, again, it's realistically, it's going to be a grind. There's no substitute for hard work. And there's a lot of SEO firms that they might deploy more, uh, what we in the marketing world, we call black hat tactics right. that right. 
they try to generate that traffic in a in dubious ways, but that's always going to bite you in the butt, right? Those are yeah. those are the shortcuts, and just like in entrepreneurialism, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll never lead you to long term growth or success. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, what did you call it? A black black what black you call hat. It? Black hat. Yeah, that's interesting. I never heard of that before, but I know what you're talking about. It's a <laughs> shortcut. Yeah, it, it comes back to bite you for sure. So, um, does uh, does Fulton uh, Inbound Marketing have a mission? And if it does, how does that mission translate into uh, into your business? Uh, absolutely. So uh, originally, the, the when we founded it, so at conception, I would say uh, the mission of Fulton Inbound really was uh, to bring. The empowerment around the sometimes alienating world of marketing to business owners who are creators and uh, passionate creators that want to get their their craft or their art or their or their really just their business um, out to people. And so that was very important to us because we had the privilege of going to a lot of different networking events, um, uh, particularly the Startup Toronto events uh, here, and met so many incredible entrepreneurs who had these really wonderful ideas and products. Um, and many artists too, uh, but but didn't know how to tackle the marketplace. And so we hear them time and time again, uh, similar to some of our clients, uh, regurgitating kind of the rhetoric of, oh, like, which ads do I buy and how do I go about this? But we live in a communication age that it's really the, it's the, the biggest cultural shift in the history of human communications has been over the last 10 years. And social media, while it's been kind of the, the focal point of that, it's really just a slang term uh, that people use commonly for uh, the present state of the internet and really the, the way mm. that it's evolved from sort of a web 1.0 and, and, and thereafter. Isn't that interesting? I, I, it's, it's true. Everybody says it's the social media, but you're right. It's just a, it's a tool in the tool chest of, uh, of what it's created. And, and do you still, I mean, I, I'm still amazed uh, as to the amount of businesses that, you know, they, they, that don't do internet communications well. Does it still shock you, if at all, uh, uh, how many businesses don't actually embrace marketing through the internet or on the internet? Uh, absolutely. I, I think it's it's kind of um, just the result of a, a lack of understanding. And I think anybody who's listening right now that's running a business that thinks that digital marketing is not for me. I've, I've said it on a number of interviews when I was coming up uh, early in my career where uh, I had a couple of ideas right off the bat that I shared with them. And, and they, I ended up you know not, not accepting any of these roles because they just didn't align with my own thinking in that they believed that digital marketing wasn't for their industry. Uh, and, and that's an, a, a kind of an irrational thought because digital marketing is for every industry, just like any uh, advertising is for any industry. If, if you, you can think, if you can conceive in your mind as a business owner, a billboard ad that you could run for your business, then you can implement digital marketing because it's just a different platform to use uh, to use for your advertising. Now, obviously, yep. you're not going to use it the same way. You're not going to execute it in, in the exact same fashion, but it's equally malleable and flexible to any business model. So yep. the thought that digital marketing is not for my business or not for my industry, it really just stems from a lack of understanding of what digital marketing is and how many different shapes it can really take. 
Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's a when when people say that to me, my my natural response is, well, do you not talk to your customers? Do you not have conversations with them? And of course they do. And that's the beauty of digital marketing too, is you can have that two way communication going back and forth, which is a part of the dating process. So yeah, I love uh, I love that representation of what you just talked about with the billboard. So let's uh, let's uh, move over to Showstopper if we could for just a bit. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm I, I, tell me about it. Tell me about it first. And uh, Rob, you're the goalie, so I first of all I got to ask you who's your who was your idol goalie growing up? Uh, growing up, it was uh, it was actually Nabokov on the San Jose Sharks. Was it really? Yeah, Isn't that interesting. Isn't yeah, that interesting? yeah I, was, I was a Sharks fan back in the day, so uh, I actually that was the first goalie jersey I had. It was a Nabokov jersey. <laughs> oh, that's so cool! So, yeah. t- tell us about you know your own experience as a as a goalie and how that led to uh, the creation of Showstopper. Yeah, um, so I uh, I actually never ended up playing pro or junior or anything like that, but uh, I. Uh, I was a house league star. <laughs> yeah, right on. And uh, I, I loved playing. And after when I moved to, to Ottawa, I went to, to Carleton there. I, I played uh, I played in some men's leagues there. Cool. And uh, I had a great time, played with some friends, great community around that. And then I moved back to Toronto. And uh, I actually ended up joining um, something called uh, like a rent-a-goalie. So basically teams that are in mm. need of a goalie will contact this the, a few companies and those companies will try to get in touch with us, uh, basically as a goalie freelancer. You need to show up and play for a team, and uh, nice. yeah, you, and you actually get about uh, about fifty bucks a game just to just to show up and play. So oh, that's uh, great. I love it. I yeah, love it. I like to say that's basically the closest thing I had to a pro salary. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So I I just I fell in love with the um, that sort of aspect of it, and just. The, that the thought of being a goalie is is different than anybody else on the team. You're kind of like you're part of a team, but you're also kind of your own guy. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was uh, a gap in the marketplace for that sort of passion, um, just for the goalie itself. And there's there's competitors out there who cater to um, players mostly, and they have a few lines for goalie merch. But I felt like that was missing in the marketplace. I felt like there wasn't a brand really out there that really catered to. Uh, goalie itself. So that's when we we thought of the idea. When you say when you're talking about the uh, the um, a brand that's focused in on the goalie, is it for just simply when you're on the ice being a goalie, or it's when you're off the ice also? Uh, I think I think really the significance of it is uh, that because of the uniqueness of the position and just the type of character that you really need to be. If you look at some of these these guys like Ron Hextall historically who like some goalies are just nuts. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. That guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we actually, we actually have one item on the, uh, on, on our line that is, is a real tribute to him, but nice. anyway, uh, yeah, this is, the truth is you're a goalie everywhere you go. And that's sort of our mantra behind showstopper right now. And we're, um, by the time this goes live, we'll probably have launched uh, a campaign where we're putting together some marketing materials around that thought. Um, and, we're you know we're hoping it's going to be a real hit and it's going to resonate with our target market of course the goalies themselves and uh we want people to sort of take on that identity and our mission with showstopper is to to bring goalies to the forefront um and to have them celebrated in the same way and really beyond the way that we celebrate our our forwards and our centers right now Mm. 
Mm, I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time where we need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, seven days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Scotiabank understands what's involved when businesses first open their doors and the support that's needed to keep them open. They are helping customers respond to the speed of business, making it easier for entrepreneurs to open their accounts and apply for business loans online in minutes. To learn more, visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business. Thank you to our sponsors. And we are back. I love it. I love it. And so how did you, I mean, besides yourself, uh, you two guys, how else did you, uh, you, you validate that this was going to be a great idea? Um, well, we did a little bit of, uh, of initial market testing with uh, an MVP. So we put together kind of the, the most bare bones version of our e-commerce website that we could. We, we hired a couple of freelance designers just to put together a, a a fairly broad apparel line for us that we've since uh, kind of narrowed down on in yeah. terms of what type of design we're we're going to be putting out there and what type of image we want to convey with our brand. Uh, and then we we use Facebook ads, which the ads manager is so incredibly undervalued right now. Um, yeah. It's going to inflate probably quintuple in size over the next five years. So any entrepreneur listening right now, if if you need a paid uh, a way to really push your message. Uh, I highly recommend the Facebook ads manager. And so we were able to kind of put together uh, a really simple campaign using that mainly showcase just the products and the designs themselves. And uh, we're able to do a variety of tests in terms of targeting and uh, narrow down a little bit uh, if any interest existed. And if so, within uh, which of the demographics that we sort of theorized or hypothesized uh, we're going to be the ones. And I think the key to that in terms of the, the validation of any idea when you are starting a business uh-huh. is not to romanticize any one aspect of your business. Uh-huh. Um, you may have a particular image that you are completely stuck on or a name that you're stuck on or you're, you might be sure that your target market is going to be X or Y demo. But until you have some data to back it up, you don't have a validated business idea uh-huh. and you're going to prevent yourself from growing if you get stuck on those little details uh, because at the end of the day, business is about iterating and you're always be making changes. And how many times have you heard of this, this or that big startup that they make headlines and then, you know, months later they're doing something almost completely different and, and pivoting is a natural evolution of your business. Uh, and it's a little bit difficult to um, reconcile that sometimes with uh when, when you, you're you're on the artist side, and I think every business needs an artist and an operator. Um, and if you lean too heavily in either way, it's it's going to be detrimental to you. So it's important to find that balance. I love that. Um, I love that uh, advice you just gave. Thanks for uh, for bringing that up as part of a lesson you've learned while you were uh, you were starting up your your business. So, um, Chris, I got a question for you specifically related to Showstopper. I presume Rob was the one that came to you with the idea. 
Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what did you say when he first came up and he says, I got the best freaking idea you've ever heard in the world. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to make apparel specifically for people to play goalie. What was your response? Well, my initial, my immediate response was absolutely. Because we've been. No way. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. We've been, um, we've been chomping at the bit. For our own, for an opportunity to build our own brand, working with different clients, uh, having come from backgrounds where we were, we we built brands for you know different businesses, uh, the the thought of having our own was really really exciting to us. And actually, nice. while, while developing Fulton at the agency level, uh, one of the the most exciting. Uh, things that we ever had to do was develop that brand right off the bat for ourselves. And we kind of fell in love with it. And so um, with any client service business, once you do kind of get the ball rolling, it's less about developing your brand and more about, you know, uh, gaining traction in terms of successful completion of projects. And then you kind of grow through referral primarily. Um, so there's a little bit less of that brand consumer facing kind of focus. And we really started to miss that as we grew. And so when Rob said this, it was just the excuse I wanted I um, love it. <laughs> to get back into what I really loved. And that's another lesson I think that we learned as well. Um, and this is a, a common rhetoric too. And I think in the, in the entrepreneurial sort of ethos is you need to double down on what it is that you are good at and what you love. And uh, if, if you are, you know, the, the worst at accounting, don't force it. You can outsource mm. that. And, you know, it, it might be take a bit of a pay cut, but if it's cutting into your, you know, your overall enjoyment of, of and your quality of life, that, that's going to be detrimental to your business in the end. And so sometimes you need to make those investments. Yeah, I love it. Love it. So tell me, guys, uh, what's it like to build a brand for a startup when you build brands or uh, other businesses. So, do you, do you find were you more were you tougher on yourself, or did you scrutinize more? Did you did you think, oh my gosh, this has got to it's got to hit it out of the park because this is you know our clients are going to be looking at it. This is ours. So, uh, was there a different mindset that went into building your own brand around Showstopper? Yeah, uh, I think actually one of the first challenges we came to was being really critical of ourselves. Um, I think it's easier to be critical about someone else's work and what they put into it and look at it from an outside perspective. So it was a bit of a challenge to step outside of like basically like our own self-awareness and try to look at it through a really critical lens as if, uh, as if this was just like another client of ours. So um, I think we're, we're, we were cautious of that when we first started. Um, but it was also very neat how quickly we were able to get off the ground to start coming uh, from scratch uh, it's amazing what you can do nowadays with just a very, very little investment. I, I think we got everything off the ground and running for just under like a hundred dollars when we first started. <laughs> yeah, just through sourcing and getting our website up through uh, that's, through Shopify. That's another lesson in itself, right there. Is that you know, I, it, I when I'm mentoring, coaching entrepreneurs, whatever, that's the first thing that comes up. I haven't got enough money. I haven't got enough money. Well, you guys are telling us and uh, I totally believe it less than, you know, hundred bucks. You can get started on a really cool idea that you're passionate about and start making some money off it. I think that's really cool. And I don't know if you guys, have you ever heard of the company propertyguys.com? Uh, rings a bell. Yeah, it's an online, uh, basically it's a, it's a no agent real estate company. Anyway, it's across the country right now. It's, uh, it's got a, like 125 franchisees. These guys started with a hundred bucks in their business too. And now it's a multi, multi-million dollar business. It's across the country and they're going into Australia. So I love the fact that you brought that up. Thanks so much. Yeah. So, 
what um, what differentiates uh, what differentiates Showstopper from? I mean, you know, there's other brands like uh, Gong Show and or and Bauer and so on. I mean, how do you how do you answer that question when someone says, well, "What's you know, what's your stick? Why or what's uh, what's unique about what you guys are doing compared to those guys?" Yeah, well, uh, well, obviously there's there's the surface level stuff. So the fact that we're just a little bit deeper niche, right? We we want to go in and really make it about the individual player. Um, you know, those those guys, they're 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 doing their own thing and they're absolutely crushing it. And you know, uh, the sky's the limit for them too. And we really admire what they've been able to to build and establish in terms in in, in the hockey apparel market, where um, one might have thought at the time of their conception that maybe the Nikes and the Bowers and all them sort of had already oversaturated that space, and they really carved out um, some some real success for themselves. Where I think we differentiate is, is they're they're trying to establish really a, a brand that, that that focuses on the, the overall culture of, of hockey um if not a, a subculture of hockey mm. right that long show sort of there's, there's almost the, its own language and its own uh you know vocabulary surrounding it uh whereas we're focusing really zeroing in on, on, on the lifestyle of a goalie um as as an individual and we want to throw it back to uh, to, to the consumer and, and the people who are actually making the position what it is, um, and so we, we rely a little bit less on uh, on those types of you know jokes and and sort of slang, sort of cultural references, and more on on the lifestyle, the experience, and trying to create something that, that truly resonates uh, with with the individual experience of the goalies, like I mentioned. Mm. I think that's really cool. You talked about experience, lifestyles, and so on. Do you uh, do you uh, try to get a lot of the companies you work with uh, with Fulton inbound to 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 bring out that that experience they have with their customers as part of their brand strategy development? Um, absolutely. That's I think that's that's critical in in any area of business but especially in your marketing because like you said that's the two-way communication between you and your consumer and so if you can bring their experience uh you know into your own business i we preach this to all of our clients that that's what's really going to be the difference between you know hitting a single and a home run Mm. with with your business and and getting repeat customers and developing brand ambassadors in an organic way Uh, and so something that we've, we've recently pivoted um on the agency side recently is we're starting to offer, um, and this really is a attributive of how lean the startup process has been for us on the e-commerce side. Uh, we're starting to build e-commerce shops for uh, influencers and creators who right now, um, I'd say, are somewhere in the mix with Facebook advertising as the number one most effective undervalued uh, area, form of marketing. So that's a very, very practical advice for the listeners. If you can connect with influencers, you can absolutely um, establish your business as long as you identify influencers who are willing to align with you in terms of your vision and, uh, of course, share you know a demographic with, with you and your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and not in a way that you're going to t- always be taking and taking and detracting attention from their visitors to your own brand. But if you can uh, really kind of find like a harmony between those two things. And so by offering this uh, e-commerce you know, shop building service now for Instagram stars and YouTube celebrities and, and, and Twitch stars, whoever, uh, who maybe otherwise would never have taken that leap because of the, the perceived barriers of it. 
we're starting to forge some really great relationships that, that we hope we'll, we'll be able to leverage in the long run uh, that can be mutually beneficial and we'll be able to connect brands with those creators as well. Yeah, I, like I, I, I'm sitting here nodding my head, smiling. My son, uh, he has a, uh, uh, he's an influencer. He's got like over, uh, over half a million people on Twitter and Instagram, not combined, separately. And he he gets asked all the time to do stuff exactly like you're like you're talking about. And he's, uh, you know, he's done quite well at it. And so yeah, there's more and more and more people that are uh, getting involved. In my, my my boy, he's you know he's made, made some good cash off of it too so uh, so good stuff i'm glad <laughs> this is great great information you guys are bringing out so let's get back to uh, the startup entrepreneur do you have um, you know if you're, you're sitting in front of a well you know literally thousands of people right now across the country uh do you have a you know a top three must do to prevent your uh, yourself as a startup um from struggling when building your brand what do you have a like a top Top one, two, or three that you say these are musts when you're building your brand as a startup. Um, I guess you know maybe we'll, we'll each give one. Okay, and for cool. me, the, the number one uh, for definitely would be uh, patience, um, and not patience in, in the sense of of sitting back and, and thinking everything's going to be okay, but patience in the sense of when you really are putting in those ridiculous hours, those 12 hour days, you know, those sleepless nights and you get on that grind and then you start to have those doubts. That's when you can exercise patience. Um, and the fact is, like you mentioned, it, it's, it could, it could very well be a 25 year grind before you get that, that yeah. quote, quote unquote overnight success. And then yeah. all of a sudden everyone will be telling you how lucky you are when, you know, when you really know everything you went through. Um, and it's, it's very easy to lose sight of that when you get caught up in kind of the daily hiccups and the ups yep. and downs of the grind. Right on. <laughs> but it's important to remember that it's, it's all going, it's, it's all leading to one point. And as long as you've mapped out your goals effectively, uh, just don't waste a breath and you know, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah. That's very interesting. Do you find, and I know we're going to, uh, we're going to get another answer to that question. Um, but, uh, I wanted to ask you this. Do you, do you find that people give up on their brand strategy too quickly because they're not getting the quote unquote results they want? Absolutely. You know, you hear the term all the time, serial entrepreneur. Mm. And, uh, in my experience, and just just a small sample of who I've met, uh, Eight out of ten times, any one of the businesses that that, that those entrepreneurs you know, started before the one that really took off could uh, have could have been the one. I think, right? You know, uh, with with a little bit of pivoting, a little bit of patience, and mm. again, it's, it's that that romanticizing of maybe an initial idea and an unwillingness to be uh, flexible. That, right. that I think is also a barrier for people. Yeah, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Cool. Okay, so um, I think that was Chris that answered that question. So uh, what about you, Rob? What, uh, what's the number one you would have? Yeah, I would say don't over plan. And remember, you need to execute and, and pivot. I think it's really easy to get caught up with planning and waiting for uh, mm. you know your perfect logo, your perfect website, the perfect messaging on your website and the perfect content. And you really just, you need to have a plan, I'm not saying don't plan, but have, have a goal for where you need to get to and then start executing right away. Cause it's so easy to over plan and just get caught up with that. And it, it seems overwhelming when you do that. So, uh, you know, if, if you have clients that you want to reach out to pick up a phone and give them a call right away, it's, there's no point on waiting 
for everything to be done because it's just not realistic to do it that way. Brilliant. Brilliant, 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 guys. Well, look, um, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Uh, you know, I've uh, it's it's nice, yes, to talk about the startup journey, but there are specific, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, strategies and tools that you need to do with regards to your marketing. And I don't think we talk about that enough on our podcast shows. And so I'm um, I'm so glad we did a dive on that. And can't thank you guys enough for for being on the show today. Do you have any lasting uh, words of advice? advice that uh, that you would like to share with our with our audience yeah you know what i'm just going to double down on, on, on rob's last answer to that last question is it do don't think do mm. yeah love it love it love it love it well thanks guys so much uh, this has been uh, chris and rob from uh, showstopper gear and fulton inbound one last question before we go guys uh, how do people find fulton and how do people find showstopper gear uh, FultonInbound.com and for Showstopper it is ShowstopperGear.com and uh, we're also on Instagram for our Showstopper Gear so you can find us on there too uh, that's cool of course you're on uh, Instagram perfect man well thanks guys <laughs> so much have a great epic day and uh, we'll uh, we'll be checking back into you I'm really keen on watching the uh, the journey of Showstopper it's just a it's just a cool cool niche uh, you know I'm a firmer believer that you get ahead in business by zagging while everybody else zigs and you guys are definitely zagging with that one so congratulations to both of you thanks hey, thanks so much Have a great day. You too. You too. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to more awesome entrepreneur content? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school, which you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. This is Andrea Palmer, founder and CEO of Awake Labs, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast show. Making the decision to go uh, global. Can we? Can you scoot back on that one? Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Why definitely. Why was going global the right decision for you? <laughs> um, we just, we realized that, you know, autism and, and the other areas of the technology could really be applied, which is really uh, any neurological disorder, um, whether it's autism, ADHD, um, dyslexia, or dementia, which is a really growing problem, Alzheimer's and dementia, um, they're all uh, global challenges. It's not one country. It's not Canada, um, you know, that needs to address this on our own. Uh, there's mm. phenomenal research being done mm. in Japan on supporting seniors and um, and kind of making senior care cheaper and easier and, and more efficient um, through different types of automation and technology. And so if we could... Um, you integrate reveal into into some of those fields and then that should be our plan because that's where that's where all the resources are going and so um yeah it was really more of a where is the problem oh it's everywhere okay we'll be a global company